Good morning, everyone. Y'all doing all right? Can you see me through the haze? Yeah. We, uh, boy, you missed it first service. I'm telling you, 30 seconds before we started first service, uh, we had a power flash. And when your entire auditorium is run on electronics, that is awesome. And so it killed our lights and all that kind of stuff. What's great about that is last week I took my son to Alabama to go to college at a ministry school, not Alabama University, okay, at a, a ministry school down there. And we were at a men's retreat with a thousand men, a men's night at a thousand men at this big church, which was being simulcast from the mama church, you know, like across town. They were piping it to that campus. And right at the last, at the end of the last song, when the, the campus pastor is going to come up and transition to the live screen, they lost power. And isn't it funny? I don't know how much you read into that, but when we lost power this morning, I was like, thank you, Lord, that if a 30,000 person church can do it and make it, that we can do it also and make it. So um, we, we had a good time first service. We were up here making shadow puppets and all kinds of stuff trying to trying to make our lights work and uh, got everything going good. Are you glad that you're here today, though? You know, I am. I missed everybody last week. We got to see the uh, the service. Well, actually, while we were driving, not I wasn't driving. I was in the passenger seat, but I got to watch on a Facebook Live last week, and it was really uh, it was cool to get to be a part of it, even though I couldn't see the audience. And I'm glad that you're here today. We're in this new series called "I Found Blank in Jesus," and the reason that that blank is there is for you. I noticed that. I don't know if you'll notice a. Throughout, they're, they're kind of scattered out because once people come in, they start moving them to sit different places. But there's cards on your seats. And by the end of this, I'll tell you obviously what those are for, for you to fill out. But hopefully by the end of this service, God will remind you. This has been our prayer through the, for six months. We knew this was going to be the, the series that we were going to talk about. And our prayer has been that God would remind you, that he would help you, that he would show you. And, and according to scripture, that he would give you a revelation of who he is in your life. So that no matter what happens in life, that you can have a hope that supersedes any circumstance. Amen? Good or bad, that your hope supersedes that in Jesus Christ. So let me, let me read you this scripture to start us off with. First Peter 1.13 says this. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everybody say fully. That, that's a, Oh, that was pretty weak, man. Come on, say fully. There we go. That sounded better. It's like you're in it with me. Well, fully is, is not a divided hope. It's a hope that, you know what, like I, I love my family. I love the material possessions in my life. I love all of those things. They make it, they make it wonderful. But can I tell you, like even the lights going off, and uh, we literally had one spotlight we plugged in back there and put it on Kyle while he was singing. That, that's what we had for lights for the first couple of songs in the first service. But can I tell you, it just reminded me of that scripture. My hope is fully on Jesus Christ, whether we have electricity or not. Amen. Y'all got to help me preach a little bit this morning, all right? It, it, that scripture reminds me that, listen, although things come into my life that can be very comfortable and I really kind of put my life enjoyment on them, or things can come into my life that are really terrible and remind me how temporary and rough this life can be, either way, First Peter says, put your hope fully, 100%, on the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life. Do you know what the revelation is? That's what our prayer has been for, for this week. 
that, that you would, after hearing this message, being a part of this experience, that God's spirit in you would remind you, would give you a revelation, like a wow understanding of who Jesus is in your life and what he wants to do. Listen, I, I didn't grow up with Christ. Every time I read scriptures like this, I get mad at everybody that should have told me about Jesus when I was growing up. And as soon as I became a Christian in college, I, I immediately thought that. Like, why didn't somebody tell me about this before? I'm sure they probably did. And I was probably a twerp to them or something like that because I was lost. But can I tell you, like, I, I want you to understand. Don't go another day in your life without the hope of Jesus leading you in this life. Amen? So there's some things that I want to convey to you. But there's some things in your notes. If you have your orange bulletin, there's some notes in there. I would love for you to take notes today because it's going to be a good one. If you're not a note taker, just try it one day. Nobody's going to come and test your grades you on it. Just try it and go, okay, I'm going to try it today and see how it works. Because when you leave here today, this is my goal. Not that you would, not that you would actually be able to quote me a bunch of scripture. Not that you would just go, hey, we were, we were in church today, so that's a good one, Lord, right? Not to just get credit, but that when you would leave here today, that you'd be able to say three or four of these things confidently. That I know these things in my life. I, I don't, I don't just, just put faith on them, but I, I know this in my life because I want to have hope. Amen? Are you with me? All right, give, you, give your neighbor a fist bump and say, let's do this. Wow, if I could just play that back. A, a pastor with no confidence may get depressed over something like that. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it's coming. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, it's coming. And then you give them a little fist bump and say, let's do this. All right, now turn behind you. Somebody behind you say, let's do this, right? Oh, yeah. Somebody in front. I guess you can't turn behind if everybody's turned behind and it kind of doesn't work that way. It's good to be engaged. The last thing we want at South Point is for you to just attend. We want you to be engaged. We want you to every Sunday to go, you know what? God brought me here today, not in 1870 or not back in, you know, before Bible times, not, not back in. God's got me here today at South Point because he wants something, wants to do something in my life. Amen? That's what we want for you today. We want God to do something. So here's some things that I want you to know when you leave here today. First one is this, simple one. You may say, I already know that, but let's expound on it a little bit. The first one is I want you to know that God loves you, all right? I want to know God loves me. Can I tell you that's super important because there are times in your life when it's so rough that you may question that. And the reason I say that is I've lived through a couple of those times. And if you're on this planet for more than about 10 years, you're going to experience some of those things. Isn't this a great encouraging message? Those things just happen. But I want to give them to you today so that when you go through those times, you're going to say, you know what? My hope beyond all circumstances is on Jesus Christ. And here's how I know my hope is. One, I know that he loves me. Right? First and foremost, I'm not going to read John chapter 3. You know, we, football season's fixing to start. You can see it every Sunday. Somebody will have a placard up, you know, a poster board, John 316, 317. That's great. I'm going to read you from one of the most depressing books in the Bible. Do you know there's an entire book in the Bible that is dedicated to complaining? It is. It's called Lamentations. It's about lamenting. And you know why God put it in there? So that he can show you that everybody in the Bible is human, just like us. But what's great about this, I'm not going to read you the complaining part. I'm going to read you about halfway through this little passage. Once they're complaining for a little bit, something's got to change. Or, you know, my dad used to say, be careful or you'll slide off in that rut. And you know what he means by that is be careful when you're, when you're 
close to the rut of thinking, like a rut in the road, because if you stick there too long, you can fall off in there. What God wants in our life is to understand, listen, I may be going through a rough time, but I'm going to turn this around with some positive thinking, not just like positive thinking, but with some God thinking. Listen to this, Lamentations chapter 3, and we're going to start in the middle of it in verse 21. It says this, so after complaining, the writer says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Let me just pause before we read that. Do you you understand the effort involved here? The effort involved, like I'm going through a cruddy time. I'm going through a rough time. I'm lamenting. I'm writing it down. It's going to be there for thousands of years. Yet, I'm going to call this to mind. I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to get out of the rut. And listen to what he says. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that good? Come on, give me a big amen on that. That. Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm with you on that. I know times can be rough. But can, can I tell you, in the middle of complaining, we were just talking about, uh, I was just talking about to somebody in the auditorium how um, I was thinking about switching gyms that I go to in the morning to go over to Planet Fitness on 89th and, and Western to go to Planet Fitness. been going there for about three years now. And I'm always thinking, I'm always like posting stuff like, should I switch? There's a new Anytime Fitness over here, and there's a new 10 gym over here. Like, you know, I'm always wanting something new. And what I always come back to is I always come back to, hold on, it's great here. You got your routine worked out. Oh, by golly, ESPN is off today. I may go find a new gym. That's what I may do. I may just find a new gym because the ESPN, I if I can't do the treadmill in front of ESPN, then they're done. They lose my business. And then you go back to, you know what, this is a great spot. You got your routine. You're about, I don't think any of them are here today. You're about this close to getting a couple of the workers to come to service with us, to come experience this for themselves. They're watching me. Now they know I'm a pastor. <sighs> got to watch everything then. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the things that we don't have, the things that steer us away. And I, I want to remind you what God's word says. I call this to mind. You know what? Because God loves me, because of the John 3.16s and 3.17s, I'm not consumed by the bad things in life. Amen? Because of His great love for me, I can walk out of this church today and whatever I face tomorrow or this week or next month, I can say, you know what? I'm not consumed because God loves me. I'm going to call that to mind. I'm going to remind myself that, you know what? It's not just me doing that. It's God in it with me. Amen? Y'all with me? Good stuff. So yesterday, my, my son, we moved him out last week, and the last three or four years, he's had this mowing business, so he's got a little dumpy trailer in our garage, that, and, and about 10 pounds of grass clippings all in that area, you know what I'm talking about, and it's just like, anytime I have to do woodwork or like work on anything with the wood, I, I always have to move his trailer out, and I have to clean it up, and you know, dig out my tools, and all that kind of, it's terrible, and yesterday, like, I got it all clean, and like I got the trailer out, well, I'm going to sell that thing. We're going to add it to the college fund. You know, just all, he's done with, done with the mowing. I got all the grassy spider webs out. They're down the street. Got my tools organized, cleaned up some stuff. Like, and, and then I just stood there and drank my bottle of water. I was like, this looks awesome. I mean, I was so excited. And in the middle of all that, I was moving some, some stuff, some old towels that we had to cover it up to keep grass clippings off. And there is a tool. Uh, it's a lathe, a wood lathe about this big. That was given to me two years ago. It's like from the 1920s. It weighs about 900 pounds. It's about all I can do just to pick it up like that. 
It's got wheels on it so real people can dolly them. Um, but it was covered up. And when I pulled that off, I immediately thought of, there was four or five times in the last couple of years I could have used that. But it was covered up with all kinds of his junk, and I totally forgot about it. And then right there, I'm thinking, like, I'm, you know, going, good grief, I'm glad this is clean now. I can use that. And I thought, this is just like the message tomorrow. This is just like that. Like, sometimes we forget when we're going through something how much he loves us, how much he cares for us. Like, that ought to be able to lift me up. Let's keep going because we're going to build on that. But the fact that he loves me is a tool that's sitting there. And that tool, do you know what? It is, it's, it's giant, it's old, but it's super sturdy. Like it'll be here for another hundred years. It's strong. But you have to plug it in and use it. You know what I mean? When you, when you come top of that, like I remember the last couple of years getting the super grit sandpaper so I could sand down some stuff to make it level. Instead of, if I would have remembered that, I could have just pulled out the lathe, ran the wood over it, it would have leveled it out, and I'd be done in about five minutes. Instead, it was much more difficult. And it just reminded me, you know what? Sometimes we hang out in church so much, or we're kind of in the Christian bubble so much, and we go, yeah, of course Jesus loves me. And we let things bother us, and we let things turn our attention away from God, when just the fact that he loves us, the creator of the universe knows who I am. He knows who you are. He loves you. That ought to encourage me and build my hope. Get me through the day. Let's keep adding to it. Something else I want you to know is this. I know that God wants the best for me. I want you to be able to say that when you leave here today. I know that God wants the best for me. Does he want terrible things to happen? No. Does he allow sometimes things to happen? Yep. How come? Because he wants the best for me. What in the world are you talking about? Let's, let's, let's read a little bit, all right? We're going to jump into Romans chapter 8. So insightful, this verse, starting in verse 31, says this. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Everybody say, no one. Oh, that's so good. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Does it mean, and here's the question, does it mean he no longer loves us if, are y'all ready for this? Get your pens and highlighters. And, uh, if you're on you version, follow along. Let's get ready to highlight it because this is good stuff. You'll use it from now on. If, does he no longer love us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And everybody said, no, that does not mean he doesn't love us. You see how those two are connected? He doesn't, it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. Listen, despite all of those things, I wish everybody was standing so you could just put your hands on your hips right now. Despite all of those things. I want you to, like, Paul understands. Paul's writing this. He understands that we're going to go through a lot of these things, if not all of these things on this list. But don't get confused that just because we go through some trouble or calamity or hunger or are destitute or whatever the situation is, that God doesn't love us because we can always have hope that he loves us. Amen? It's good stuff. Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loves us. He ties it together. If God gave us his son, that's what he says. Listen, listen. How much does he love us? If God gave us his son, don't you still believe? Do you still believe in Jesus? Don't you still believe that he's going to give us the other things that he's talked about in life? 
Sometimes we get confused because we think those other things are houses or cars or raises or whatever, like those kind of things. Those have almost nothing to do with what he's talking about. He's talking about those things that when you have calamity and tragedy happen, that you would trade all of that for about a cup of peace in your life. That's what he's talking about. Do you not know that because he gave us his son, he wants to give us everything else? He wants to bestow those gifts on our life. Mercy, strength, courage, forgiveness, and on and on and on. God loves us, and he wants the best for us. Not always the most, but the best. Amen? That's so good. I wish I would have wrote that. If I would have wrote that, that would be really good. But Paul wrote that a long time ago. And the, la- the third one is this. I want you to walk out there and be able to say, I know that God will never leave me. Never leave me. Never leave me. Never leave me. Now under, under your, in your notes, it says bonus. And a cu- couple of words I want you to get. And I'm not going to dive into them a whole lot. I'm going to explain them a little bit. But the first one is ever-present. God is ever-present. And the next one to that, he's also omnipresent. <laughs> kind of similar. Ever-present means that he's not ever going to go away. He's always there. And omnipresent is redundant. It means he's everywhere at once. His spirit is everywhere. It's been there since the beginning. You read in Genesis chapter 1, his spirit hovered over the darkness, it's been there since then, and it hasn't left us yet. And, and in the New Testament, you see in Acts chapter 2, where he once again pours out his spirit, and he says, not on the special churchy people, not on people that were kings and queens, but he poured out his spirit on how many people? Everybody say, all. All people. All. All people. He's either on the outside of us, if you're not a believer, nudging you and elbowing you and leading you, or you can become a believer, he's on the inside of you, nudging you and elbowing you. Leading you. Let me let me show you a little bit what I'm talking about. I need a I need a guy volunteer. Jared, you want to volunteer? Yeah. No. I knew he wouldn't. Come on, come on, help me out. You don't have to do anything. I can pressure teenagers. Come on, come on up here and you stay right here. Everybody say, "Go, Jared!" Yeah. Right here, man. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. You forgive me already. Okay, turn this way. So this little platform here is representative of Jarrett's life, okay? So this is where Jarrett sees, right? Because this is where he's at, present. Now he does know, we, as we all do, he represents us today. But as we all do, he, this is his past back here. And what's great is when you begin to start reading the Bible, you, you, sometimes we question whether God's with us right now. But he tells us that. I'm, I'm always with you. We'll read that in just a second. I'm always with you. But something that slips our mind sometimes is that, do you understand that God is also was with you in the past? You know what I mean? Even before you were a believer, he was guiding you and, and elbowing you and nudging you and helping situations to work and not work so that the ultimate goal would be for you to meet him and didn't trust him with your life, right? So he's working this past. A great thing about it too in Isaiah, you see it on the screen behind me in Isaiah, he said, I also have forgiven your past. Although it was red as crimson, it's white as snow. Although it was, I'm going to do it without looking, although it was as red as scarlet, is that what it says, or am I flipping them? It's white as wool. Like, he's trying to give us some physical analogies of what I've done with your past. I know it was a big red mark in your life, but you know what I've done? Because I love you so much, I've erased that. I, I was in your past, 
and I forgave you of your past. And, and I'm with you right here in the present. But so many times when, we, when I'm talking about hope and what we don't get in the Bible is that God is also in our future. Do you know that? If you, if you read over in Scripture, let me look where it was. If you read over in Scripture in Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31, listen, they're fixing to go into the promised land. And they're going to start fighting bad guys. Everybody say trouble. Everybody say calamity. Yeah, it's all, it's all going to happen, all right? But God said, hold on, God said, I'm going to be with you through that. And not only that, in Deuteronomy, let's, sh- let's show that scripture. In Deuteronomy, the Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. Now, that doesn't mean like this. That means I'm going ahead to prepare what you need when you need it. Like, I know what you need. I know when you'll need it and where you'll be when you need it. You know what I mean? Like, it's different. If I was to say, hey, Jarrett, I know you're going to 7-Eleven tomorrow at, well, I don't really know when because I'm just your friend, right? But I could, I could be at 7-Eleven all day tomorrow since you may go by there, right? I mean, you got to get icy sometime tomorrow. And I could just hang out there all day because that's all I know. But God knows when he's going, what he's going to face, what he's going to need when he gets there. And when we put our life in his hands, this, this is what it'll do. So God says, all right, let's, let's take a step into tomorrow. All right, are you feeling all right? All right, it's kind of a rough day today, but here's this pause right here. So we're in tomorrow. It's kind of a rough day, but guess what? Since it was a rough day and you're trusting me, your hope is fully in me, I've already prepared and I've laid out some strength for you, some hope for you for today. You know why? Because I knew at two o'clock specifically, you would need that tomorrow. I already went ahead of you and prepared it for you. Can I get an Amen. Y'all with me on this, or is this confusing? And, and you can also say, hey, watch out. There's a big, I know you don't see it, but next week there's a big pothole. I want you to come up here. Go one step higher. I know it's a little weird. You've not been up here before. But take a couple of steps this way. Right, now you can go back down where you were, because there was a big pothole there yesterday. And since you're putting your faith totally in me, even though you didn't understand, like, why are you making me come up on the stage? Why is God moving me out of the pattern? I mean, didn't he call me to walk this way? Now, why is he going move to the right? Move? You know why? Because God knew there's a big pothole here, and God is omnipresent he's everywhere at once he's ever present means he doesn't ever leave us and so I can just trust wherever I go God's going to take the potholes or the discouragement or whatever it is and he's going to make the best of it because I put my faith hope totally in him well I'm preaching much better than you're shouting today I'm telling you that everybody give Jared a big hand thank you Jared for helping me out Jared represents our timeline our life it's when we begin to trust God. God, okay, I know you trust. I know you know more than me. Hold on, hold on. Do you believe God loves you? Sure, sure. How do you know God loves you? Well, he, he gave me his son. I mean, literally, the Bible says, while I was still a sinner, before I was a Christian, he died for me. That's how I know what his love is. That's the exact definition the Bible says. While we were still sinners, Christ gave his life for us. So I know he loves me, right? And I know he wants the best for me because he said, hey, if I gave you my son, don't you believe I'm going to give you everything else? I didn't go back on that. After thousands of years of prophecy, we came through with that. So trust me through your life that I'm also going to provide everything you need. Amen? And realize that you didn't do one thing to get me to love you, so you can't do everything to get me to not love you, so I will never leave you. Amen? I'm never going to leave you. And the reason I say that is, listen, a few months ago, maybe six months ago, when we decided to do this series, and this message was going to be in it, 
It was because so many people, so often, it's probably one of the biggest surprises as a pastor, how many of us go through stuff, very difficult, and our faith is tested. And I'm not talking about whether you want to still go to South Point, or you're going to move or switch jobs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whether I believe in God or not. Because of a situation that happened. And that's why I want you to see from God's word. I mean, you, you ought to underline that Romans 8 and just memorize that. That'll be your scripture for the rest of the year. Does it mean that God stops loving us if? No. What it means is, is that our hope ought to be that much more encouraged, knowing that he's going ahead of us and preparing the way, moving us out of the way, giving us what we need, strengthening us, guiding us, so that we can, in spite of the circumstances, or despite the circumstances, what it says, that we can have hope in Him. Amen? That's what the entire Bible is about. It's God leading people, leading us, and guiding us, and reminding us of these things. I love you. I want the best for you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm ahead of you. I'm out to the right and to the left. We see time as like a straight line. I don't believe, after reading scripture, I don't believe time, I think it's something God created. I don't think he has any bearing, or any time has any bearing on him. He's outside of time. He's way ahead in the future. He knows. And because of that, I can have hope that whatever my decisions are, if I keep trusting him, whatever my circumstances are, if I keep trusting him, that I can have hope that he's with me and will do the best through me. Amen? That's why I love, I love talking to my kids. My kids are 17 and 19 now. I, lo I love talking to my son and saying, I know you're at college. I know you don't know what's going on. But listen, me and mom went to college. I can tell you the way we both moved out, moved away. I can tell you how it's going to be. You know why? Because I've been there before many times. And this is just from a guy that's, I'm just 48. I'm just 29 years older than my son. Can you imagine how much wiser God is if he's always been there? If he's outside of time, if he understands what my future is going to be, all of these different things, what advice that I could get from my father? Because when my son, all week, every single day, when he calls and goes, okay, the bank sent me this thing, and y'all always do my bank stuff, so what do I do? Anything my son has trouble with, you know what he has to do? All he has to do is this. Just call dad. Call mom. Most of the time, mom the same thing with us our hope ought to be fired up and letting us know hey whatever you go through under that calamity and trouble and all that kind of stuff at 17 at 19 at 35 52 whatever the age whatever the situation all you have to do is call dad all you have to do is say god i believe you love me you want the best for me and you'll never leave me amen Never leave me. Through each of these, in each of these messages, we have uh, an incredible, honest, whew, honest video of somebody in our congregation. And Brittany's actually here today in this service. And I want, to sh want you to listen to her as she shares her opportunity to react. You know, anytime we have tragedy happen, we have an opportunity to react in the correct way or the incorrect way. And they make all the difference in the world. So right now I want you to listen to Brittany. She tells you her story. And I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> My name is Brittany Caffey, and I found hope in Jesus. 
a little over two years ago, we, my husband and my daughter, Adeline, were moving back to Oklahoma after being in the Air Force for eight years. And we pulled into my parents' driveway. They met us out in the driveway and there were a bunch of cars around and I was really confused about what was going on. My parents told me that my sister Kayla had been in a car accident and that she didn't make it. You hear people say like, life can change in an instant. And for me, it, it was quicker than an instant. I don't know what that is, but it was devastating. I was angry and I was hurt and upset. And I just, my whole world crashed down. Grief just consumes you. It consumes everything about you. And I didn't want to get happier. I wanted to be sad because I felt like if I was happier, then that wasn't doing Kayla justice. I had to be sad for her. So I really closed myself off. And that was hard because we were in the process of moving and coming back to our family and trying to find a job and having kind of that wall up made that a little bit harder. I knew that nothing earthly, like nothing here on earth was going to help me get through that, get through that anger and that grief. So I decided that I was going to grow in my faith because I figured that was my only option. That's when I decided to find a home church for us, and we were invited to come to some point. And then I found out about Grief Share, and I was like, well, that's perfect. Like, we found this awesome church, and they also have this program that I can go through to help me. So I just slowly learned more and more about Jesus. What I've learned is even when I am going through that pain and that grief, um, Jesus is walking with me through that. And he promises me that I'm going to see Kayla again. I'm going to see her and be with her forever. Just having that comfort and that peace from Jesus has helped me in so many ways. I still have days where I'm sad. Of course, because I love my sister and I miss her and I wish she was here, but Jesus makes that easier. So I found hope in Jesus. of years. When 
walking up to you throughout our day, trying to give us hope. Today, we've tried to give you a ton of scripture. Didn't even cover all of it that I wanted to cover today. But I believe much more important than Scott saying anything else is a few seconds with God's spirit in your life. He can connect the dots. He can remind you, give you a revelation of his love for you and encourage your hope, fill your hope. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you say, I don't have hope in Jesus. I've never made that decision. I've not opened my life. I've not followed Christ. However all that works, I've not done it. You know what? During this time right here, you can do that. You can take a minute as I'm praying and you just tell him, say, Lord, I ask you to come into my life. Fill me full of your hope. Teach me to live for you. It's that easy. So we pray every week that as people say that, that God will do that. That he'll forgive us, set us on the right path, teach us how to live for him. So wherever you are in that spectrum, let's pray. And I want you to have hope today that a couple of things, that God won, here's your prayer. There's a bunch of us joined together today that are going to pray. That God hears your prayer. And two, that he's going to respond with the revelation of hope in Jesus. Lord, we love you today. We love you that your word reminds us that your spirit is a witness to it in our lives. Pray for everyone in this room today, Lord. That as I mention these things throughout the message, that your spirit reminds them exactly of what we're talking about rough times, terrible times. I pray for those that have come into this room that their, their hope is low, struggling. And I pray that you would do what only you can do, Lord. That as they open up their hearts to you, as they say, yes, Lord, that's me. I pray that you would fill them full of hope. That you would fill them full of the encouragement and the faith that only comes from you. Lord, I pray that today, we would draw closer to you in our hearts, our souls, and our life, in our actions and reactions. That you would draw nearer to us also. I pray that if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, that right now, right now, in this moment, that they would ask you to come into their life. That they would tell you how much they believe. I believe, Lord. Come in and teach me how to have faith. Come in and teach me how to have hope. Come in and forgive me my past. Set me on the right path for my future. Walk with me. Teach me your ways. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. We thank you that you're never that you never leave us, that you're always with us. It's in your amazing name that we pray. Amen. Amen.